Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, here we go. Basketball finally starts tonight in the NBA. We've got to wait one more day for the Sacramento Kings, which they'll open up on the road in Phoenix. And then Thursday, they'll be finally at home. Golden One Center, the debut against the Spurs. That one coming up in a couple of days. But tonight, the league gets going. We do have a lot to get to here on Locked on Kings. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Jason Ross. Each and every day, Monday through Friday, we are here for you. Content on your team, interviews, predictions, previews, sound bites, all that stuff will be coming your way in reactions to games that are coming. Uh, today, we're going to kind of go some Kings news, some Kings predictions, uh, look at the entire NBA and what we've what's gone on basically since the end of last season. So we're going to kind of go all over the board today. It's going to be a fun show, uh, and we thank you for listening. Whether you're doing it on uh, Google Play, on Audio Boom, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on any of those outlets, could you please rate us if you have that opportunity on iTunes or Stitcher and give us feedback. Certainly, me on my email at Jason Ross. Uh, that's my Twitter. It's at JasonRoss1140 or Jason.Ross at CBSRadio.com if you'd like to send me an email with questions for our Friday mailbag. All right, let's do it. Let's jump right into it. First off, Kings news that happened yesterday. The Sacramento Kings announced that they waived a couple of players, Jordan Farmar and Isaiah Cousins. Not surprised at all about Isaiah Cousins that he was waived. That was according to uh, Vlade yesterday. A little bit surprised about Jordan Farmar just for one situation. I mean, the Kings were going to have to cut someone else. Didn't know if he'd stick around based on the Darren Collison eight-game suspension but and his connections to Dave Yeager, but Jordan Farmar also cut. Now, the strange story regarding the Sacramento Kings involves Lamar Patterson. He was waived last week on Wednesday. He cleared waivers through Friday, and since the Kings then re-signed him after he cleared waivers, so he practiced with the team. And again, if he's waived soon, shortly, he'll be allowed, the Kings will be allowed to have him as an affiliate player in Reno if he signs that D-League contract. So a little convoluted, he will not be on the opening day roster or on the current Kings roster, but could still be part of their property for the Reno Bighorns. And speaking of that, then here's your official opening night roster for the Sacramento Kings. It will include Aaron Aflalo, Matt Barnes, Omri Caspi, Willie Cauley-Stein, Darren Collison, DeMarcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, Costa Kufus, Scalabissier, Ty Lawson, Ben McLemore, George Papianis, Malachi Richardson, Garrett Temple, and Anthony Tolliver, all to be coached by Dave Yeager. Now, a couple of guys will not be able to be active. That's their 15, but that's what it's going to look like to start the season coming up on Wednesday in Phoenix. But as we said tonight, the NBA is back. And before we really go there, we have to tell you where we left off. Irving drives, hop step inside, floats it up, misses. Rebound taken by Iguodala. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James with the rejection. The kid from Akron has come home. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. And the impossible dream has come 
true 52 years of torment and anguish has been washed away the greatest comeback in nba finals history is complete june 19th 2016 it's a day that will go down as one of the greatest days in the history of cleveland sports well, that truly concluded an incredible NBA Finals. Two consecutive years we've had the Warriors and Cavaliers. And by all accounts, any prognosticators, any predictions you're seeing out there, any magazines, any internet write-ups, everybody is picking the Cavs and the Warriors to be there again. Maybe once in a while you'll see one of the two not in the prediction. More so the Warriors, if anybody. A lot of people are very high on the Cavs and the Warriors, but maybe you'll see a Spurs, maybe an outlier of the Clippers, but 95%, if not more, picking the Warriors and the Cavaliers to be back there once again. But that did conclude that incredible finals, a 3-1 comeback from the Cavs. LeBron finally wins one in Cleveland, and that set up just an incredible offseason overall. You've got the free agency spending spree that went absolutely nuts, including the biggest prize, Kevin Durant going to the record-setting Warriors. We're not talking about the pressure or what we have to do in order for us to, you know, uh, live up to expectations. We're just coming into work every single day and letting that take care of itself. And that's the easiest thing to do. When you worry about the future or worry about the past, you know, it, it tends to mess up the present. So we're just trying to stay in the moment every single day, keep getting better, and, uh, you know, uh, focus on every moment at a time and not try to look too far down the line. If you've heard anything from KD at this point, watched him play in the preseason, you know what? He really looks like he's happy. I don't think he was miserable by any means in OKC, but I think he likes the environment. I think he likes his teammates a lot. I think he likes the way they play, and I think they're going to be really, really good. So he's happy. Good for him. I mean, a lot of people kind of dogged him out for that decision to join a great team, not to be his own, build his own thing, and they did. He did build his own thing in Oklahoma City. They never quite got it done. But I don't think this is anything that tarnishes his image. I think he's one of the guys that will fit right in and on nights be the best warrior. Other nights, maybe not, but that's okay. That's how good that team will be, and they truly will be scary. But with his decision, a little bit of a surprise to go to the Bay Area and play for the Golden State Warriors, that set up, I would say, another surprise. What a Russell Westbrook avoided next summer's free agent frenzy and stayed in OKC. All the while, that created probably a larger gap in the relationship between the former dynamic duo. He said, um, in terms of being a family, you can feel it when you walk through the door. I feel really grateful to play for a team like that, to play with a bunch of players who are selfless and enjoy the game in its purest form. What do you think about him saying that about doing this thing? That's cute, man. That's cute. But, you know, my job is to be able to worry about what's going on here, and we don't worry about all the selfish guys we got over here apparently so you know we're gonna figure that out is it hard russ not to take everything that he says and feel like it's a shot at you guys i don't care uh to me it doesn't matter my job is to worry about here honestly i'm really tired of talking about it so anytime anybody asks me another question i'm just not gonna <laughs> answer so we have a little drama with Durant and Westbrook to start the season. I think that's that's kind of fun. Those two guys, completely different personalities. I think that's going to absolutely fire up Westbrook if he doesn't need any more help. He'll be one of the front runners for the MVP. I think he's going to have an awesome statistical year. In fact, last season, Westbrook joined Oscar Robertson as the only two players to average 23, 10, and 7 rebounds in a season. Wouldn't be shocked at all if he did that again, if not even better numbers 
for OKC. All right, so you get that. You got KD, who was an MVP, Westbrook, who wants to be one, and Derrick Rose is a one-time MVP. He left Chicago for the Big Apple. We're very talented. Like, the sky's the limit for us, I think. I think we're coming together as a group. Everybody's competing from day one, and that's what you want to – I mean, that's what you want from players, um, to see them day one competing and just come together as a team. Well, I'm not so sure they're a super team, but New York's trying to build. They've got something they're trying to do there with some of the talent in Porzingis, Carmelo Anthony, now Derrick Rose. They do have a new coach, though. Jeff Hornacek comes in to a new city. He was a good coach in Phoenix, got let go there. Now he's in New York. And speaking of that, 12 teams have new coaches to start the year, including right here in Sacramento, Dave Yeager. But you also have Houston. This is going to be an interesting matchup. The much-traveled Mike D'Antoni now on the sidelines for the Rockets, and he sees even bigger and better things for his best player, James Harden. He's more or less uh, going to be responsible for giving you know, rhythm to the team. That's what a point guard does. And, and he's going to be on the ball, and he's going to be distributing the ball. And so it takes some adjustment. He's not going to just you know, run down and have the you know, he's got a lot more responsibilities as a point guard. Now Harden's old teammate, a guy maybe he didn't always get along with, Dwight Howard, left Houston. He landed in Atlanta. A couple of former big men, Yao Ming, Shaquille O'Neal, they went into the Hall of Fame with the toughest of the little men, Allen Iverson. It was a great Hall of Fame class. Team USA, they messed around and got their gold medal this summer. Had a, had a little trouble in Rio, but hey, at the end, they were the ones standing on the podium singing the national anthem, donning gold medals. You have Elton Brand, Amari Stoudemire, Kevin Garnett, Duncan, and Kobe all retiring. It's going to be strange to see the Lakers without Kobe, the Spurs without Duncan, and the intensity of Kevin Garnett not on the floor anymore. And it looks like this is going to be the last hurrah for another great one, Paul Pierce. I realize it. it's time to move on from the game of basketball. It's a tough decision I ever had to make in my life, but uh, this is it my final season well Pierce is on a good Clippers team but will they be good enough that is one of the huge questions going in to this NBA season want to give you some league wide league wide notes from the NBA news department I think these are some interesting tidbits uh, that you would that might enjoy here the number four two-time Kia MVP Steph Curry of Golden State has led the NBA in three-pointers made in each of the last four seasons including a record 402 last season wouldn't be surprised if he led the league again. 402 will be really tough to stop. I can't quite figure out if he'll even be more dangerous with Durant or, well, he's going to be more dangerous, but will he have a better statistical year? Can he have a better, better statistical year? I think it'd be really hard to do, but remember, they were already on a supremely talented team. You're adding another great talent. It should open up a lot of things, and I just there might be nights where Curry has 18, but does he hit six threes? I mean, that's still lethal and dangerous. They're just going to be crazy fun to watch. Uh, The number five, that means the Raptors have improved their record in five consecutive seasons, culminating with a franchise best 56 and 26 last year. I think that's going to be a tough one to extend to six. 56 wins might be the ceiling for the Toronto Raptors, but still a good team in the Eastern Conference. How about the number nine? That represents the team with the longest playoff streak in the Eastern Conference. Nine consecutive seasons. Any guesses? Guesses out there? Did you say Atlanta? That's right. The Atlanta Hawks. Nine consecutive seasons of making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Twelve. I mentioned this number before. Twelve teams have different head coaches than they did at the start of last season. This number is just crazy. Seventeen. The Spurs have won at least 50 games in each of their last 17 seasons 
the longest streak in NBA history, not counting them out at all. I think they'll get 50. They wake up getting 50 wins. I anticipate that being number 18 for them this year. 370. That number is Cleveland's Tristan Thompson has appeared in 370 consecutive games. The longest active streak. All right, some other things you need to watch for in this season. How about Dirk Nowitzki? He's the number six scorer in NBA history. Is set to begin his 19th season with the Mavs, tying Tim Duncan, 19 with the Spurs, John Stockton, 19 with the Jazz, for the second most seasons with one team. Kobe played 20 seasons with the Lakers. Also, Eric Spolstra, the Miami head coach, is one win from becoming the seventh active coach with 400 career victories. And another milestone to check out, four-time NBA MVP LeBron James starts his 14th season needing 114 points to pass Akeem Olajuwon for 10th all-time on the NBA scoring list. He's just going to continue to move up that ladder. All right, tonight we mentioned the NBA is back. Speaking of Cleveland, they will get their rings. They will unveil their banner as they open up the NBA season against the New York Knicks. And LeBron knows this will be a different challenge. We can't shortcut anything. Um, this is a new season. And... Uh... We are the defending champions, but that means absolutely nothing right now, you know, because this is a new season and we have to recalibrate, get back to the fundamentals, get back to the basics of the game and uh, and work our habits every day. So two other games will highlight the NBA schedule after Cleveland, New York. You'll have Utah and Portland. Portland was last year's kind of darling surprise, came out of nowhere. Utah has been a trendy pick to make the playoffs. I think they will. I really like their roster. I like their coach, the additions of Diaw and Joe Johnson to go with that already young core that's building. Not a ton of superstars, but a really good team with depth that kind of has been committed to defense, makes enough shots. Gordon Hayward's getting better and better. So I think that'll be a fun team to watch. Utah's at Portland. And then the nightcap has San Antonio, who will be at Golden 1 Center on Thursday against the Golden State Warriors, a matchup we wanted last year in the NBA playoffs, didn't get it. And it may not have played out as, as wonderfully as we all thought because when that regular season matchup happened, Golden State really controlled it with the exception of the one win the Spurs had. But watch out for the Spurs, too. So well coached, you know that. Kawhi Leonard just entering the sweet spot of his career. LaMarcus Aldridge, if he can be happy there. And adding a few things. David Lee, Pau Gasol, those are good additions to the San Antonio Spurs. But that should be a fun game to finish out the NBA schedule on day one. Of course, circling back then to the Sacramento Kings, They're going to play their first game Wednesday when they will take on the Phoenix Suns. Six of their first eight. Remember, they're missing Darren Collison in those eight games. Six of those first eight, though, will be on the road. They have that one road game, two at home, and then a five-game road trip. So a tough beginning for the Sacramento Kings. Do want to give you a couple of things that the national perspective, what they're saying about the Sacramento Kings. Here's a write-up from USA Today on their projections for the Sacramento Kings. What better way to revamp a team in the midst of a 10-year playoff drought than a shiny new arena, new logos, and new uniforms? The Golden One Center, the team's $550 million-plus venue that boasts the NBA's first and only 4K Ultra HD video board, is as state-of-the-art as, or is as state-of-the-art as it gets. And the uniforms and logo give a new look to a squad in desperate need of a change. The next headline there is One Man Show, and it's referring to DeMarcus. Hate him or love him. There's no denying DeMarcus Cousins is an inter- is as entertaining as he is talented. Whether he's taking it coast to coast for a highlight reel finish, hitting a game-winning fadeaway jumper, or getting thrown out of arenas for that raw emotion that he so often has trouble containing, Cousins is the epitome of a one-man show. Next kind of bullet point, more turmoil. 
Jaeger boasts an impressive, although brief, head coaching resume, three consecutive postseason appearances, and a 147-99 record during his tenure with Memphis. Few candidates on the market this summer were more capable of taking on this challenge. For a team with as much turmoil as talent in recent seasons, how he coexists with Cousins will be something to keep an eye on. And then they closed it out. Again, this is USA Today and their preview on the Kings. How good can they be? Sacramento's 33-49 and 49 record last season was their best win total since 2008. Based strictly on talent, they could be a pleasant surprise. They could also, more likely than not, be another nightmare hampered by, hampered by off-court issues. All things considered, expect, expect this team to be on the outside looking in again. And they have them finishing third place in the Pacific Division, missing the playoffs with a record of 31-51. and 51. How about Sports Illustrated? They had their season preview, and here's their write-up. I'll share that with you. DeMarcus Cousins is tightening his grasp on two titles, the NBA's most talented center and its most tortured. Since the two-time All-Star arrived in 2010, the Kings have missed the playoffs every season. The franchise's 345 winning percentage during Cousins' career ranks 28th, topping only the Timberwolves and the Sixers. During the last six seasons, Cousins has appeared in 266 losses, the most by a player with a single team. Four others have appeared in more defeats, but they've enjoyed at least one change in scenery. Cousins, meanwhile, has been stuck in Sacramento through an ugly ownership change and multiple front office regimes. This season, will he will play for Dave Yeager, the sixth coach of his career, and with a cast of teammates that isn't much better than last season's 33-win outfit. Despite having Cousins to build around, the Kings have a hole at point guard, limited three-point shooting, and an excess of homogenous combo forwards. Given that GM Vlade Divac has used three first-round picks on centers in the last two drafts, perhaps the plan isn't to build around the 26-year-old franchise big man, but to start preparing for what comes next. Is Cousins finally inching closer to an escape? So they don't have a win total for the Sacramento Kings, but they do predict them to finish 14th out of 15 in the Western Conference with only the Lakers finishing worse. And they also have one other additional tidbit that I thought you might find interesting. It's called Enemy Lines, a rival scout sizes up Sacramento. Here's how, here's how that's slated. Dave Yeager might be their biggest free agent addition. That's good and bad. He's a nice coach with a solid track record, but they really needed a big talent infusion. I expect Jaeger to play with two bigs like he did in Memphis just because they have DeMarcus Cousins and so many other power forwards and centers. It will be hard for Jaeger to play pace and space because their wings and guards are so poor. Jaeger will use Cousins like he used Marcus Saul in Memphis, put him on the elbow and let him create, but you want to put him in the post too. He can get you points from everywhere. Willie Cauley-Stein is not a perfect all-around player, but he brings length and tons of activity. Still playing Cousins and Cauley-Stein together isn't great because that puts two guys without true three-point range on the court. If they want to win, they would be better off giving Rudy Gay minutes as a stretch four, but then you're just bearing the young guys, like rookie Scalabissier is probably the best best four for them. You could see him developing into a good shooter down the road. They won't miss Rajon Rondo at all. Darren Collison might not be able to put up Rondo's numbers, but it'll have much better impact on their team as a whole. Rondo had the ball in his hands way too much. They have enough average or below average defenders in the rotation that it's hard to take them seriously. It's hard to even pick out their best lineup of five defensive players. They'll have to play a little bit slower or they could wind up giving up 118 points on any night. That again is coming from a scout via 
Sports Illustrated. So trying to give you as much different perspective on the Sacramento Kings from different outlets and what people are saying. I mean, I, I don't know that I'm far off on my overall thought on where this team could finish. I think, as I've mentioned so far in some of the other podcasts, I think the top of the West is really good. I think spots about five through really 15. I don't want to say they're interchangeable, but I certainly think there's some question marks on the teams that might get in that top eight. And Dallas is has a completely different look. I think they're really well coached, but I don't know that they're a guarantee for the top eight. How different is New Orleans, Sacramento, Phoenix, L.A., Denver? Uh, you know, that's five teams right there. Minnesota, everybody is really high on, but that's still a big jump to make it all the way to the playoffs. I feel like there's a spot or two to be had. Well, Portland, their roster, I thought, completely overachieved last year. So, again, I don't, I don't predict that the Sacramento Kings will be in the top eight. I see them, I, you know what, I'll be honest with you, I think Vegas is really, really good at this. And that number of about 32 seems about right on to me. I have, a, I, have a, I have a really good feeling that Dave Yeager is going to be a good coach for this group. But I'm just not seeing enough high-level talent. And then just the whole, what's going on with Rudy? How will that look? And I think the roster is going to be different come middle of the season and even at the end of the season. So it's really hard to give an overall projection. But my best guess to start the year will be about a 32-win team that will miss the postseason. But... I hope at some point during the season we get a look at having some hope going forward because I feel like this team has kind of been stuck in this. They're not the worst. They're certainly not a playoff team. But they either have to go... I think they have to pick a direction. Ideally, we would all like to see them go up. But I don't know if the talent is there for them to make a big jump up. But maybe going backwards, as painful as that would be, could that be the full retool of getting high-level lottery picks and creating kind of that identity of, okay, we've got we've got to truly reboot this so we'll see we'll see how it goes but those are some of my thoughts and I'm just so glad that the NBA is here and again that's the beauty of it maybe we'll all be wrong maybe the Kings will win 45 games maybe they'll win 18 I have no idea but that's why we make predictions that's why we do this that's why we have fun with it and see where it will all go and it should be fun starting on Wednesday thanks again to everybody that listened today to our Locked on Kings podcast again follow the entirety of the Locked on Network if you could we'd appreciate that you can uh, send me reactions to this podcast and others on Twitter at Jason Ross 1140. Questions for the Friday mailbag, jason.ross at cbsradio.com. Until tomorrow, we will preview the first game of the year. will be the Kings and the Suns and much more. We thank you for listening to Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. 
There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.